What's up, Craig? Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice in the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corbin Hunter. And uh, today we will be going over the ALCS and the NLCS. Um, we were recording this on Friday, October 11th. So by the time this airs, uh, we will have two games in each of these series already completed. But yeah, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Start us off. Um, well, the NLCS is tonight. Do you want to start with that? Because I feel like I'm gonna. If we talk about the ALCS, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna stop talking about the ALCS. All right, then let's uh, let's start with the NLCS and uh, see where it takes us. All right, cool. Uh, so we have the Washington Nationals versus the St. Louis Cardinals, a matchup all of us had predicted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what are your first impressions of of these two teams? Like, where are they in your mind? Um, they're kind of at similar points well i don't know i kind of i'm kind of biased because i really don't like the cardinals um i'm gonna be rooting for the nationals when flaherty isn't pitching um just because i i like seeing these guys win i mean they're it's a hard team to root against like i don't know how you root against max scherzer or juan soto or anthony rendon um it's pretty easy as a pirates fan to root against the cardinals they suck um you know, it's it's going to be interesting, to say the least, to see if the Nationals can really keep up with the mojo that they had going on um, in the NLDS. And I just really, unless Flaherty pitches like three times, I don't know how the Cardinals are going to hold off the Nationals. Well, what's interesting is that the Nationals batting is really lopsided. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read to you their season-long batting. Um, cool. Jan Gomes, primarily catcher, his OPS plus, 78. Not good. Matt, Matt Adams, the first baseman, OPS plus, 83. Brian Dozier, second baseman, 95. Uh, now it's going to get a lot better. Trey Turner, 113. Anthony Rendon, 153. Juan Soto, 138. Victor Robles, 88. Adam Eaton, Mm. 101. And then uh, Howie Kendrick actually is shockingly having like the season of his fucking life, 142 OPS plus. (laughs) Uh, Kurt Suzuki also there with a 102, but I guess he's not the primary catcher, so he wasn't in the top 10. So just for fun, I averaged out the top 10 um batters listed in pro football reference by ops plus um and the washington nationals have an average ops plus of their top 10 batters of 99.1 so below the 100 threshold yeah not ideal to say the least not ideal yeah um yeah their their relief pitching is bad everyone knows that um I'm looking at who they've they've trotted out over the course of the regular season. Uh, no one spectacular. Tyler <laughs> Rainey has the best ERA plus at 118. Um, Sean Doolittle has a 4.05 ERA for the season this past year, which isn't great. I don't even know who Matt Grace is, and he has a 72 ERA plus, but he pitched 46 innings for them. Uh, yeah. Fifty one fifty oof. Fifty one games, forty six point two innings for Matt Grace. That's, that's not, not good. great. Yeah, that's not good. Um I I think Washington was a, is a welcome surprise to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Outside of their starting pitching and like three and a half of their batters, I don't know what have they have going for them. Yeah, it's just, they just don't seem like a team that has the ability to put it all together consistently and win. Like, the Nationals, at least, where they have enough guys on offense and enough pitchers where, all right, one of them has a bad game, a couple of them can't perform. 
they still have other very good hitters and other very good pitchers that could, you know, make up for that slack outside of the bullpen. I just don't think the Cardinals have the depth to do it. Yeah, I'll get to the Cardinals in a second because they're also an interesting case. Um, the One of the ways Washington was able to survive so well through the divisional series was it's a shorter series. It's only five games, even though they went the length with it, uh, which allowed – and there's more off days per game since there's uh, two games off day, two games off day, game five, whereas for the – CS, the championship series, will be two mm-hmm. games off day, three games straight, then off day, then the last two games. Um, so their strategy of using their starting pitchers on their throw days might end up not being a super viable option during that middle stretch when where conceivably the series can basically be won or lost, which it means they're going to have to start using more of the bullpen arms that they managed to kind of successfully avoid throughout the course of the DS to at least any detriment. Um, And so I feel like that's going to be the bigger storyline here because we talked a lot uh, about how bad the Nationals bullpen is before and during the DS, but it didn't end up being a huge factor because they used their starting pitcher so much. But with that not being an option, I think we're really going to see just how devastating a bad bullpen can be in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I have, if you could have negative faith in a position grouping, I would. Um, I mean, It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking at some relief pitchers that they used throughout the season. Um, Daniel Hudson, who I think is on the postseason roster, did, did well. He had a 144 ERA. Um, Jeremy Hellickson, I who I forgot played baseball. on here. No, I thought he was on the uh, the DS. Mm, I don't see him. Oh, well, that's sad. I already brought him up. <laughs> um, but anyway, where do, you, where do I find their postseason roster? I'm God on ESPN, and I just went to uh, the matchup and just went to their page and then their roster. Like here, I'll put the link right in the Discord. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I already sent it. Oh, I meant like I appreciate that. <laughs> oh. That was supposed to be thanks, Corwin. <laughs> oh. Sorry. I'm just so used to you being mean. I'm usually pretty mean. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's take this over to the Cardinals, where we'll, we'll yeah. do an equal amount of shitting on them because. Um, Does it have to be equal? It, it it you'll you'll see. Okay. So the Cardinals are in an interest. So let me read out the OPS plus of their starting, like their 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 ten dudes, just to to be equal in what I've done. Uh, Yadi Molina had a, as a regular season OPS plus of eighty five. Paul Goldschmidt one thirteen. Colton Wong one oh six. Paul DeYoung ninety seven. Matt Carpenter ninety one. Marcelo Zuna one oh eight. Harrison Bader seventy eight. Dexter Fowler ninety eight. And uh, Jose Martinez, ninety-seven. So it doesn't Those are go a lot quite better than I expected them to be. That's actually pretty fucking bad. Um, there's but no. Like... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I really wasn't expecting it, them to have more than you know Goldschmidt and maybe Wong and Dejong to be over you know ninety-five. I didn't expect all of them to really kind of be in that average 95 to 100 range. And and so that's where it it gets interesting because they are all in that 95 to 100 range, but none of them are really great. So Washington had um, a few really low marks. You know, they had Jan Gomes's 78. And uh, Matt Adams is 83. And St. Louis doesn't really have any of that. At the same time, they also don't have Anthony Rendon's 153 or Juan Soto's 138 to bolster mm. them up. So whereas Washington's uh, ten top 10 players uh, on baseball reference, um, with their average OPS being 99.1, St. Louis's is actually 87.3 because they don't really have anyone spectacular and most of their hitters are within the 
you're an average hitter range. So there's no like valleys in their lineup, but there's no real peaks either. They are Kansas. Flat. Yes. By the way, Daniel Hudson is on the Nationals postseason roster. Really? So yeah, ESPN just didn't have it listed? I actually closed it because I'm not sure what they even had. It wasn't their post. Their, their pitchers, they carried 11. It was Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, Anibal Sanchez, and the relievers were Sean Doolittle, Daniel Hudson, Fernando Rodney, Taylor Rainey, Hunter Strickland, Wander Suero, and Austin Voth. Uh, that was their DS roster. Their CS roster I haven't seen yet. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, have they released that yet? I feel like they have to since they're playing tonight, right? NLCS roster. Google. Yeah, it's right here. 49 minutes ago. Oh, so it just came out. Yeah. Uh, it, it, do you want me to read it or do we care? Not care. Uh, are you on uh, federalbaseball.com? I'm on MLBTradeRumors.com. Because uh, Federal Baseball has a hilarious picture of um, Anthony Rendon as like their their cover uh, picture. There it is. I see it. That is a funny picture. Yeah, it's the one with like his hands up. Yeah. Oh no, I'm Anthony Rendon. I'm so sorry, officer. Please don't fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going uh, to the MVP this year, even though I should be in the running, and nobody talks about me. Woo-hoo. Oh, see, that's interesting because. Um, What's his face? Daniel Hudson is not on the uh, CS roster. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, so maybe wrong. ESPN was right. That's because I was going to say, I know I heard his name during the NLDS, but yeah, he's, he's he on, on. He's on the paternity list. So he just had oh. a fucking kid. So he's probably just not going to be there for this game. God, what an awful time to have a child. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> oh, on paternity man. leave. Uh, he's their closer too damn oh well um moving on so st louis i think is gonna have i don't want to say a problem because they're still a good team they still won their division and they still won the ds and i get it i know i know but I, I think they're going to run into a lot of problems where if they don't have someone who can elevate, if they don't have that guy where it's like, fuck, you know, the Nationals, they need to plan around that guy. Like the Cardinals, they're going to have to plan around Anthony Rendon. They're going to have to plan around Juan Soto. I don't know who that is in the Cardinals lineup aside from Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, um, maybe Colton Wong because he's been having a good postseason. Same thing with Marcelo Zuna. He's also yeah. been having a good postseason, but is that enough? And I don't uh, mean this to be derisive. Even Strasburg, Max Scherzer, you know Patrick Corbin, and the likes. Yeah, it's it's they're gonna have a tough road to hoe because <laughs> I I mean it's I feel like I feel like the the Nationals though their bullpen is. What's the best way of putting this? Straight booty flakes? Um, they're, <laughs> they're still in a relatively advantageous position by virtue of the fact that they're probably going to get the ability to plan out their bullpen and pitching situation a little bit more readily than I think St. Louis will. I would you know agree with that. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, let me just take a peek because I actually didn't look at St. Louis's pitching before this. Um, a bunch of handsome ERA pluses, relatively speaking. Michael has had an okay season with a 103 ERA plus. Wayno had a 102. Michael Waka had a 90, which is like whatever. Their bullpen's pretty good. Giovanni yeah. Gallegos, ex Yankee, ah, uh, that with that uh, uh, with uh, that a uh, 185 ERA plus in the pen. Andrew Miller doing all right. Yeah, like their bullpen's good. They have a, give a, a good bullpen. But do you want to have a good bullpen as really the strongest part of your roster? Uh, no, you want to have like a great, you want to have a great unit as like, oh, like this is the best part of their roster is this great, you know, middle infielders or whatever you want to say. But like, they're not great anywhere. They're just, yeah, they're pretty good. They're all right. They're above average, kind of. 
I think the real problem they're going to encounter is uh, Carlos Martinez. Yeah, what's up? Because he's been sucking a fat wad this whole playoff series. You don't think he's going to be able to uh, keep it together? Uh, well, that's saying it like he's been able to keep it together so far. And that's what I'm saying, because like he got he got blown up by um, Ronald Acuna. And I understand that Ronald Acuna is like diet National League Mike Trout. I understand that like he's like as of right now tad exaggeration but the NL's closest equivalent to Mike Trout but there's a lot of great batters that he's going to have to deal with that are also playing very well in Washington mainly the guys we've mentioned already so you know let's see I want to know what their uh what's what St. Louis is pitching looking like so far oh it's looking okay yeah yeah i don't know i you could tell me this game is going to be a sweep from either team or a seven game series where like either team wins and my only response will be okay i have nothing to say about it yeah honestly i don't even really care about this matchup all that much I'm glad like, it's not the Dodgers. The National- yeah, like there's nobody in the National League where it's like, oh man, I hope these guys go to the World Series. Can't wait to watch them. Like if the Cardinals end up in the World Series, it's going to be a, a four-game series because whoever makes it from the AL is just going to sweep them. Praise be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The National League feels like whoever's the, you know what you said whoever goes to the uh world series is probably just going to get their shit pushed in but. yeah for sure so you want to move so, over to the alcs real quick uh i have this up too and i'm really not sure know. it matters because of how small the sample sizes are going to be but i do have the postseason uh totals for these teams as well for batting yeah go for it so um the St. Louis Cardinals have a postseason of a team postseason slash line of 282, 378, 436, which is good for an that's 814 good. OPS. Which, yeah, that's nice. Um, they're OPS leaders as of right now. Uh, number one is Paul Goldschmidt, I think, which is shocking to no one. 1383, yeah. which is super fucking high. Uh, second is Marcelo Zuna. Again, not a surprise to anybody. He's been crushing it this postseason. 13-35. After that, the next closest is Colton Wong. And I know it's still going to be a really high... Uh, it's going to be a high OPS, but it's a huge drop-off. 7-18. So it's almost half. Um, and then... Oh, no, sorry. I missed Tommy Edmond, whoever the fuck that is, and his 960 OPS. Third baseman. Uh, third base and right field. So, I was going to ask you if you knew who Tommy Edmond was, but I didn't want to sound stupid. He has the th- fourth highest war on the Cardinals this season. Really? Yeah. I have no idea who he is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go, Tommy. I, I had no idea who he was. I was like, this guy must be a relief pitcher because I have never seen him before in my life. Rookie um, year. Hmm. Yeah, it's his rookie year. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's got 3.8 war, though. Yeah, and a uh, 1.1 D war. So he's probably a pretty pretty good defender there. He needs one hit to get 100 on the season. Mm. 850 OPS. Not too bad. Yeah. um, Their current worst players by OPS. I'm trying to find someone that's not a pitcher. Um, Yadi Molina. Uh, 317. Dexter Fowler, 303. Um, What's Harrison Bader? Harrison Bader currently has a 400, mm. which is not good. No. Um, Matt Carpenter's 644 is also not good. Yeah. Paul DeYoung's 578 is not good. I need him to step it up. Yeah. Uh, as we've said previously in the podcast, like an 800, 850. Is 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 what we're looking for. Seven fifty, and uh, you'll take. So like Colton Wong, seven eighteen is like fine. 
Uh, but not a lot to be proud of here in this lineup outside of the Goldschmidt, Ozuna, and um, Edmund uh, line. So let's look at the Nationals. Their slash line thus far in the postseason is 231, 333, 513 for an OPS of 846, which is uh, 32 points higher than the Cardinals. So overall, actually pretty close. Uh, their OPS leader as of right now is Anthony Rendon. Surprise, surprise. Second place being Juan Soto. Surprise. Oh, no. Actually, second place is Ryan Zimmerman. Huh. Ugh. Barely. 933 versus 930. Uh, but that's also probably because Ryan Zimmerman's had like four at-bats this whole postseason. <laughs> uh, yeah. So their lowlights um, as Drupal Cabrera's 211. <laughs> <laughs> um that's pretty fucking bad kurt suzuki's 250 uh yeah these are small sample sizes which is why i don't really care that much it's also the players you'd think would be good so you know it's what it is so who do you got i guess we could do predictions who do you got yeah i guess we can Ah. Uh... Fuck. I, I'm. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's just like, eh, fuck. You're going to pick the Nationals, so I'll pick the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to do it. I'm I mean, going to pick the Nationals. Yeah, right? Like, why not? You know? Why would I ever pick the Cardinals? <laughs> yeah, I, I have no good defense of the pick, but <laughs> there we are. <laughs> All right, so we move to the ALCS. Cardinals, yeah. Well, you know what? You know what? For a more fun prediction. How many games? Uh, Nationals in five. I'll. I'm gonna say the full seven. Ooh, fun. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's the full seven. These are teams you gonna are write both these down? so okay. Ah, fuck it. I'll remember. <laughs> no, you won't. I'll try. But All you right. won't. <laughs> Be quiet now. Let's move to the ALCS, the one where where Josh is going to get all up in his feelings, and I'm going to be real tight. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, can we get a little? Uh, I I lost all track of words that I had in my head. So just go ahead. Yeah, I I could tell. I could tell. Yeah. Um. So yeah. the meeting of the juggernauts, the Yankees against the Astros. What are your initial impressions? This is going to be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. I'm actually like excited to watch this series. I have not. I I need to be real. Be real, real with y'all. All right, that was a bad sentence. Sorry about that. Um, I really haven't enjoyed watching any baseball so far this postseason. It's just been like blah all around. This is the first time I'm genuinely looking forward to it. Okay, okay. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the Yankees twin series. But... Really? What's that? Uh, I had my broom in hand the whole time. <laughs> Real quick, uh, total side note, but I just got notification. MLB set its qualifying offer for this year at yeah. 17.8, which is a drop. Is it? Yeah, first time that the qualifying offer has dropped since its introduction in 2012. For those of, well, for those listeners that don't know, would you like to explain it to them? Because I feel I like get, qualifying offers aren't exactly mainstream. Yeah, so if you have a player who's set to be a free agent, you can you you as the team can offer them what's called a qualifying offer, which is basically just like a one year contract. Um, last year it was eighteen point two million. So this year they're saying it's seventeen point eight million, which is super weird. Money figures in in sports like never go down like this. Um, so the player can either opt to take the qualifying offer and play for that one-year deal, which players like Hunjin Ru just did for the Dodgers. He's playing on his qualifying offer and then be an unrestricted free agent the following year. Or you can choose to try free agency. And if you do that, then the team, and, it, and you get signed, then the team that gave you the qualifying offer will receive a conditional draft pick. I think a third round pick. Um, so Mike Moustakis got a qualifying offer from the Kansas City Royals in 2017, $18.2 million. I think it was 2017. And opted to not take it and instead, and instead sign a free agent contract with the Milwaukee Brewers 
So the Kansas City Royals got a draft pick. Uh, same thing when Dallas Keuchel, at the end of the 2018 season, he got a qualifying offer from the Houston Astros, but no team wanted to sign him right away because they were they wanted to wait until the... Oh, I think you get the other team's draft pick. I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. His teams didn't want to sign Dallas Keuchel right that's away. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want to lose the draft pick. That's right, that's right. You get the other team's... Like I think again, I think it's still a third round pick. Uh, so no team signed Dallas Keuchel until the Braves did in like late June, early July. I hate the fact there's two J months are right next to each other. Um, <laughs> it's so true; it fucks me up all the time. And so until the draft pick uh, penalty went away, Dallas Keuchel went unsigned because he didn't want to do the qualifying offer because he thought he was better than a one year deal. But teams didn't think he was too he good wasn't. to let up a draft pick. So. That's the qualifying offer. Yeah, I always think of it as the franchise tag um, with the draft pick being kind of like compensation picks in the NFL, but it's just calculated a little differently. So, Yeah, it's like the franchise tag, but the player has the option to not do it. Well... Yeah, technically. I don't... There's so many technicalities with it, but like... Well, the franchise tag is like you're playing with us next year or you're not playing. Right. And yeah. yeah, yeah. The um, qualifying offer is you can be worth this or you can go do free agency. Well, like, you know, we'll see. So. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for this. This Astros Yankees uh, matchup. I think both teams are better than the last time they met in the postseason in 2017. The Astros, I think, have upgraded at a few positions. The Yankees have upgraded at a lot of positions. It's true. Um, so, like, for instance, Jacoby Ellsbury isn't with us. <laughs> Greg Bird's not on the postseason roster. Um, Chase Headley's not on the Yankees postseason roster. These are names of people who played baseball with us. Um, Who else fucking? Neil Walker? Yeah, it was a weird fucking team. Anyway. Yeah, now that you list those names, it's like, damn, the Yankees had that going for them? Damn. Yeah, we got a lot better. (laughs) Addition by subtraction. And by addition. (laughs) Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, So let's read out some OPS pluses, since that's what we started with previously. For the Astros, uh, Robinson Chirinos, a 105. Yuli Gurriel Jr., 126. Jose Altuve, 131. Carlos Correa, 137. Alex Bregman, 162. Michael Brantley, 126. Jake Marisnik, 80. Josh Reddick, 89. Jordan Alvarez, 173. And George Springer, 150. They're good at hitting balls, is what uh, I take from that. Altogether, the average of those 10 players is 127.9. That's so Pretty fucking good. That's so high. <laughs> For reference, the highest of the two national teams was the, well, Nationals at 99.1. So that is almost 30 points better than that. They're very good. Uh, Yeah, so do you want to jump into the Yankees or do you want to do pitching first? Let's uh, do the, I'll do the Yankees. kind of chopped it up. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Uh. Gary Sanchez, uh, an OPS plus of 119. Luke Voigt. Actually, he won't be playing first. DJ will be playing first. So uh, I should actually probably redo this, but whatever. Uh, Luke, uh, DJ LeMahieu, 136. Um, Where is Gleyber Torres? Gleyber Torres, 128. Didi Gregorius, 87. Gio Urshela, 133. Um, Left field will now be Giancarlo Stanton, 138. Center field, Brett Gardner, 117. Aaron Judge, 143. Edwin Encarnacion, 120. Uh, all, all together for an average of uh, 124.8, a 3.1 OPS plus point difference between the two AL teams. Uh, which isn't much. They are both really good at hitting baseballs. Yeah, like, the, the two really- numbers being negligible indifference mm-hmm. yeah they're fucking that's this is exciting stuff it really is i mean i know you are more involved with this than i am because it's the yankees do you think either team has any kind of edge when it comes to hitting 
Um, that's tough to say. I think I'm trying to, I'm genuinely sitting here trying to think of a reason one of these two teams would be better. Um, I am just combing through the on base percentages of the Astros versus the on base percentages of the Yankees. Everything's pretty much on par. These two teams are really similar. Um, straight up like this, I don't think there's any reason to give too much of an edge to either team. They play in similarly dimensioned ballparks. Their styles are very similar. Um, yeah, I don't see a real reason to give either team an advantage here. I'd agree. I don't think the, I think the hitting differences are completely negligible and it's really just going to come down to who's hot at the right time. Well, what I think is going to be interesting about what it comes down to is, okay, if there is a team to not let the Astros starters go seven or eight innings like the Rays did, it's the Yankees. Yes. Because they work counts a lot. A lot. That's what they showcase in the Twin Series, and that's something that they've been doing all season long. Yankees really work counts. And if that's the case... Even if they're getting, you know, not a lot of hits or traffic on the bases or runs or what have you, it's going to result in, well, the pitcher throwing more pitches. And if they can get Verlander or Cole to be throwing 100 pitches by the sixth, which genuinely, again, if you watch the Twin Series, is not an unreasonable thing to do. They had, uh, I think, Barrios at like 80 pitches in the fourth. Um, That would be result in the Astros needing to bring in their bullpen sooner, which didn't really get tested much in the last series. So if there is a potential for weakness there, just because I'm not just going to say there is, because I didn't see them. We didn't really see them at all much last series. That's going to be it. You know, you're going to, they're going to have to play this. Like the Yankees used to play Pedro Martinez of it's a win. If when Pedro leaves, the game is tied. <laughs> uh, that's going to be this series. Whereas the Astros, I think, may end up struggling more against Yankees pitching, not because the Yankees pitching is better. Starter pitching for the Yankees didn't go into the sixth inning at all this past series against a very good Twins lineup. But the Yankees are very proud and very good at bullpen matchups. And I'm very sure have been preparing for this particular matchup for a long fucking time. So. Whereas the Yankees could have an advantage, again, only in theory, and only because I'm a little bit of a homer with this, could have an advantage in wear and tear on the starters, again, just from length issues, trying to get to the bullpen early. The Astros could end up being hindered by the fact that the Yankees are very, very willing to use their pitching strength of their bullpen. So I'm interested in seeing how that's going to play out. I really don't know if I think the biggest concern I have is I don't know if the Justin Verlander, the Garrett Cole, the I don't know why I keep saying that. Why Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, or uh, Zach Krinky are going to be able to not only dig deep and be able to put up the innings that they have been, but at the same time, like, are they going to be anywhere close to the same level of effective as they were leading up to this in the you know, in the postseason so far. And if they're not that effective, are the Astros going to be able to basically recover from that? Basically, they've been, in my mind, relying on this to a degree. And I just don't know how... I'm trying to word this in a specific way. I just think the wear and tear in the postseason so far on those three guys are really going to start to show if this becomes a long drawn out series where they are very much needed and the other pitchers on their roster can't pick up the slack. No, you're right. And that's actually one of the reasons I was actually um, curious about how the Astros managed their starters in the last series, because I just really didn't expect them to go as long as they did, despite how very effective they were. But, you know, you had Garrett Cole throwing over 120 pitches. Uh, in the start, that's a lot of pitching for the DS, let alone when he comes up in the CS. And we already saw what Verlander looked like on short rest. Um, we saw 
Zach Greinke, who the Yankees have recent have been doing very well against. They they hit him bad in his last start against them at Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, you saw him get shelled by the Rays. Uh, so we'll see how he handles the Yankees, Yankee Stadium, all that the second time this season. Verlander's home run prone this year, uh, especially playing two series or a series in two small ballparks. Um, uh, Minute Maid Field isn't very big. Yankee Stadium isn't very big. So that could be a concern. The fact that they're going to have to start Wade Miley has me very excited <laughs> um, because he's not good. Uh, he's been better than I expected he was going to be to start the season. Yes. But at the same time, that doesn't make him very good in general. Great start to the year, rough end to the year. Um, Osuna, Will Harris, and Ryan Presley are all phenomenal, phenomenal uh, pitchers that if they had to pitch seven, eight, and nine, I think that's a deadly seven, eight, and nine. But Chris Davinsky and Hector Rendon are two guys I wouldn't be that afraid of. Uh, for example, Osuna, Harris, and Presley, the three guys I just mentioned at the top, their FIPs, respectively, 3.21, 3.15, 2.66. Very good FIPs. Mm-hmm. Davinsky and Rendon, 4.62, 4.96. It's not great. They have other people, and I'm looking through their list, like Colin McHugh and Framber Valdez, and um, I, I guess Brad Peacock. But again, it's all looking kind of—I don't want to say iffy, but not up to the level that you know you're going to get from Verlander, Cole, and theoretically Granky. So again, that's the one area where I think the Yankees could succeed, but. That brings us to the question of the Yankees starting pitching, which is in of itself questionable as much as I want to say it's not. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka is either lights out, which in the postseason he has shown to be, or he is batting practice. So which version of Tanaka are you going to get? Are you going to get the guy who shut out the Rays this year in a full in a complete game? Or you're going to get the guy who let up 12 runs against Boston. Yeah. So that's going to be a big factor. Same thing with Paxson. Paxson's either like six innings on 100 pitches of pure filth, or he's letting up three home runs in the first inning. Uh, who was, uh, Luis Severino has pitched in four games all year. That's not a lot, you know? <laughs> He's going to have to have a bad start eventually, one would think, one would surmise. I mean, he's looked very good. He has looked very good. Don't, yeah. And then the Yankees' fourth starter is looking like it's going to be a bullpen game, which is fine. Not ideal in the ALCS, though. Now, the Yankees have a phenomenal record with bullpen games over the going, actually now going over the last two seasons. They have a phenomenal, I think they've, if they've lost a game on a bullpen game, it's legit only been one or two in the last two years. They've been very good on bullpen games. But it's still a different animal doing it in the postseason where one pitcher's implosion is going to result in you losing a game, which when it's one game out of 162, all right, that, you know, Nestor Cortez Jr., who actually probably isn't on the postseason roster. Uh, I don't know. Luis Sessa having a bad inning. Is is and you losing the game because of it's whatever. But when it's one game out of only seven, max, it be, it becomes a risk. It be, means you need to be very aggressive, and could cause problems with rest and usage going down the rest of the series. So while their bullpen use was very aggressive and very effective in the ALDS, will they have the luxury in a seven game series? Much as I was talking about with the Nationals, how it's going to go, you know, two, three, two, and could end up being questionable with usage in terms of using their stars as relievers. Well, the Yankees, who had not started, no, no relief pitcher for the Yankees in 2019, pitched in three straight games or three straight days. No one didn't happen. But if the Yankees find themselves with a one-run lead for game three, four, and five, will they use? 
Araldis Chapman, Adam Adovino, Zach Britton, and Tommy Kingley in all four, all three of those games. Will sure. that be too much for them? <laughs> Will like it's it's it, it's gonna raise some questions for them. So their pitching, I you could make an argument is either going to be wow, phenomenal, like you know, maybe traffic on base like they showed in the last series, but not a lot of not a lot of scoring, or this Astros lineup's gonna light them the fuck up. It's, it, 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 it is, I see very little in between here. I agree. So this could end up being like a stressful series from a fan perspective where every game is won or lost two to one. Yeah, I mean, I think even more so than the NLCS, I think this could be a four-game sweep where the Astros play like the Astros and the Yankees pitching just can't piece it together or it's a seven game series where everyone is super spot on and it's a fucking it's tight games every single game um if there was genuinely if there was a series to predict um several games going to extra innings yes it's, it's this series i agree and uh i'm excited but boy, am I scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best kind of excited. That's how you know it's going to be a good series. Oh, Shall yeah. I read to you some postseason stats for these teams? Let's do it. So the Astros, as of late, which I keep in mind even further for this case, since so far all of the teams I've read have played five games, when we get to the Yankees, the Yankees have only played three games. So, again, sample size problems. Anyway. The Astros in the uh, postseason thus far have a slash line of 250, 294, 469 for an OPS of 763, which is okay. Um, Their highlights, Jose Altuve with a 1281 OPS, Alex Bergman with a 1097 OPS. Um, Third best here would be Jordan Alvarez with a 824 OPS. Uh, Martin Martin Maldonado has an 800, but I'm not sure he's played much, so I'm not sure that counts. Um, low lights is George Springer's 325 OPS. Um, oh, Robinson Chirinos with a 919 OPS. Good for you, but <laughs> uh, Carlos Correa low light of 368 OPS. Josh Reddick 282 OPS. Oof. Um. Yeah. So they're kind of just all over the place. They're good players are really good, but some dudes that you expect to be better, like George Springer, like Carlos Correa, not playing super great. Michael Brantley's 816 OPS isn't like bad, bad, but it's not good. Yeah. Would, would you like me to add something there? If you had anything to say, but you don't have to. It's not good. Yeah, Michael Brantley, who Sorry. was like, I think third in the American League in batting average, uh, uh, currently he, has. Yeah, he was up there. Yeah, because I think it, I think it was well, Tim Anderson won. I think second was DJ LeMahieu, and I think third was Michael Brantley, because DJ and Brantley were going back and forth for a lot of the season. Uh, but anyway, he finished. He's currently is batting two eleven in the postseason, which again, again, small sample size, but still. Not great. No. Looking at the Yankees. Uh, their current postseason slash line. Brantley was fourth. Yohan Mankata was ahead of him. Oh, good for Yohan Mankata. That's nice to hear. Always rooting for our guys. Anyway, uh, oh, this, is so, this is so weird because so far every team has had at least like one or two pinch hitters and the Yankees have had zero, which makes this stats page look just like a little bit off. Anyway, their slash line thus far. 286, 304, 543, which is good for an 848 OPS, which is 81 po- 85 points higher than the Astros OPS so far in the postseason. Their highlights. Um, Cameron Maben, who I think has like legit, yeah, one at bat, I think. No, he has a few, yes, I have more than that. He doesn't have a lot of at bats. D- take this with a massive grain of salt. In his 1667 OPS. Uh, but their real highlight is Glaber Torres, 1378 OPS. Dita Gregorius, a 1200 OPS. Uh, DJ LeMayhew, a 976 OPS. The only 
people below 800 are Giancarlo Stanton. But I think Stanton makes up for it with his 455 on base percentage. <laughs> Gary Sanchez, who I think makes up for it with his 417 on base percentage. And uh, Gio Rochella, who I have no excuses. <laughs> uh, but oh, that's because Gio hasn't walked at all. Is a 250 batting average and a 250 on base. Oh, Gio. First time in the postseason. No, I think he no, he was in the postseason with the uh with the Indians. Anyway, uh yeah, so the Yankees just again, this is only three games, three games where they absolutely rocked the uh twins. So grains of salt, but yeah, that's where we're standing so far. Um, on a scale from one to ten, how erect are you thinking abilities of this team? At the abilities of this team? Like, yeah, like the abilities of them to win this series. Oh, it's like half-mast at most, man. Mm. I mean, as much as I think that there's a very real possibility, uh, I'll say within the realm of possibilities that the Yankees win this series in like five games. I think that that the likelihood of that happening is below, probably below 5%. And, okay. um, you know, that just makes me scared because the twins, I think, you know, you never want to predict a sweep because it's just so fucking hard, but you knew it was going that way. And right. even though the Astros almost got bumped off by the Rays, like you knew the Astros were going to beat the Rays. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone really had it in five, but like you knew the Astros were going to beat the Rays. This one's just so easy to go either way. I agree. I think it's a flip of the coin is probably the easiest way to figure out who's going to win this. Yeah, I think I think the uh, NLCS will be a great. Um, oh, that's interesting series. Like, wow, that they won that game nine to six. And this is going to be a good, like we said earlier, two to one kind of series. Mm-hmm. Um. Are we in agreement that whoever wins this series is going to essentially sweep the NL team? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't want to, I don't want to say sweep, but I think whoever wins this is going to, <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 the t-shirts will be ready. The hats will be ready. And uh, we'll have all this shit wrapped up before Halloween. <laughs> Cannot wait. Yeah, man. So again, this uh, this episode will be out by the time that we have two of each of these games in the books already. So you will know more than we know as of right now. But uh, fuck, am I scared? And <laughs> I'm ready to be hurt all over again. <laughs> oh, bud. You? Um, I'm kind of at that point where it's like, I kind of want to watch the World Series and I want to watch this series, but at the end of the day, none of my teams are in it. If the Yankees win, Josh is happy, but the Yankees win. If the Astros win, Josh is sad, but the Astros win. So I'm I'm pretty indifferent all around. Same. Um, really? All right. Same. Get... You're indifferent on who wins this? Oh, I thought you meant with, with the World Series. Uh, no, I'm I'm very emotionally invested in, <laughs> very very emotionally invested in this. Uh, how many games? Uh, the ALCS. Yes. Uh, six. I too will say six. I think it's gonna be a dirty six, though. I think it's gonna be a long. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's how I should have put it. I just, it's not going to be pretty at all. I, I and that's think, the best part. I think that all of these games will be at least four hours. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's not hyperbole. I think with the, with the pitching changes, the Yankees are going to use and the patience on the batting box in the batter's box for both of these teams. I seriously think all, you know, five, four to seven of these games are going to be four hours each. Oh, not looking forward to that. 
Dude, well, game one for the Yanks was well, Yankees Twins was four and a half hours long. It hurts so much. <laughs> I'd fall asleep. Like I love watching baseball, but even that is just like four and a half hours to watch a baseball game. Like if you're not watching your team, and granted, these stakes are very high, and they're both very good teams, but like even I probably would turn it off at some point and just say, "Fuck you guys." I will watch the highlights tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I ended up doing for game three after they basically had it wrapped up. Um, I just like went to bed cause it was, I think a work night and I just needed to like catch, you know, get some sleep, but mm-hmm. fuck me. Like they put game two, game two for the ALCS. And again, this will be out already. So I'll have already dealt with the consequences of this game two is Sunday at 8 PM. That game is going to end at like one o'clock in the morning. Are you still going to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but i'll be sad <laughs> touche uh any any final thoughts on this um i hope the best team wins and please make it exciting please we believe please. in you i beg of you uh any thoughts on anything else that's been going on in the wide world of sports um before we wrap up the show? Um, not after that statement right there. Um, Yeehaw. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Um, not really. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, me neither. It's kind of so, one of those weeks where it's like we have this big thing going on and that's kind of it. Like It's a bunch of little stuff for like the NFL and for the NHL. Yeah, Which both, started. both Did it st- Was it started? The last time huh? we recorded, did the NHL? Yeah, no, because we talked about Micah. Yeah, we talked about Mika Zibanejad last time. Mika, yeah. All right, so yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, like you were saying, both of those leagues are just kind of like moving. So. Yeah, like I mean, we could talk about some stuff, but we're kind of approaching an hour already, and no need to dig into it. We'll talk yeah. about it next week. You got it, pal. All right. Well, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via Gmail, you can do so at JuiceTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find the show notes, you can do so at JuiceTheNumbers.wixsite.com slash website or JuiceTheNumbers. And until Thursday, y'all have Bye.